Welcome to the Gospel Central Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Please visit our website at gospelcentral.church for more information. Hi there guys, such a privilege to spend time with you in God's Word. This is our last week where we are looking at the book of James and uh, what an, an apt way to finish in the book of James. I think it's an incredibly critical, important, probably this the most important message in the whole book of James that we want to finish with uh, today. But before we go any further, won't you join me as we pray. Father, thank you for your word. We pray that you will minister us through your Holy Spirit today. Uh, anoint me, fill me with your Spirit, so that I can speak the very words you want us to, me to speak. Uh, Father, I pray that you will open everybody that is watching and listening to this, open their hearts and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak to them, uh, say to them, and convict us, change us, transform us by the power of your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow. I'm just so excited by, by, by what we've learned through the last few weeks as we uh, uh, learned some lessons from James, the brother of Jesus, one of the key leaders in the New Testament, uh, in, in, the ch- in the early church in Jerusalem. And, uh, and today I want to finish with what I, what I think is actually the, the crux, the most important message. And in the letter of James, he basically paints this comprehensive, multifaceted uh, portrait of a struggle to no longer live a life driven by my wants, by your wants, by our needs, by our feelings, but to live a life driven by the call of the kingdom of God, the call of the kingdom of God in a broken and fallen world. And that's, how, that's, that's basically a summary of, of the book of James. And then he ends his letter in a very surprising way. But as I looked at it deeper, I realized he couldn't have ended this letter in a better way. I think it is just so powerful. And so if you have have your Bible with you, uh, quickly turn to James 5. And we're going to read from verse 19. And I believe it's going to be a critical message for us as believers, as followers of Jesus. And specifically speaking to Gospel Central Church. I think this is a message that I believe if we, if we grasp it and uh, we allow God's Spirit to guide and lead us, could change us forever in how we function as a church. And James 5 verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wander away from the truth and is brought back, so you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. And what we see here is this is actually the only thing James is talking about in his whole letter. And yes, I summarized it in the beginning for you, but, but basically this is what James wants to leave with us. The shocking and the scary truth or potential we have to wander away from the truth, to wander away from God. See, as long as we still have sin in our hearts, we will be prone to, to wonder. And James is talking about how we will wonder towards doubt in moments of trials. And that's how he starts the letter. That we will doubt is God still loving? Is he still caring? Is he still is he still even 
the God uh, that is sovereign. And, and we, uh, these doubts start forming in our minds in moments of trials. In moments like COVID, uh, where we are spending so much time in isola- isolated from, from others. James is saying that we, have, we will wonder, we will wonder as, our, as the desires of our hearts lead us into temptation. Maybe temptations of, of pornography and, 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 and other thoughts that we shouldn't have. Wrong thoughts about God. Unbelief. We will wonder, James says, away from the graciousness to forms of ungodly anger. That sin that, 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 that sort of occurs when we don't get what we want. When our kingdom principles are not met. When somebody breaks the rules of our kingdom. James is talking about how we will wander uh, from humble love into prejudice. James is talking about how we will wander from what we say we believe to what we actually live out. I spoke about that a week or two ago. Or is the fruit, is the fruits of our life congruent with what we actually say we believe? And further, James is challenging us and saying that, how that and pointing to the fact that how we wander from dependency in God to self-sovereignty. In other words, moving from a place where God is on the throne to where I'm now on the throne. I will be the center of my world. I will determine what's important and what is not important. How we will wander away from unity and peace into conflict with one another. How we will wander from, from thankfulness into, into unthankful grumbling. Thankfulness to God that saved us, rescued us and empowering us to continue changing into the image of Christ. And now we're grumbling. Unthankful. How we will wander into an unbiblical and unhelpful talk. Into desperate and prayerless living. How, how prayer, how I've noticed that prayer was so central uh, in the beginning of COVID uh, as a church and people were jumping on and praying almost every morning. Now we have a prayer meeting every week, only once. And unfortunately, many have not made this the center of, of, of the walk with God. I believe prayer is the engine room of Gospel Central Church. And I think it, it's probably the most important meeting we can engage in as a, as a people as we pray together and trusting trusting God to keep us strong in this difficult time. We all have the potential to wander away from the truth. You and I just never wander away theologically because of the because the thoughts of our hearts will always proceed and, and determine our activity. Your wonder always somehow becomes a wandering of your life. We don't have a sort of a compartment of wandering happening here where we wander away and unbelieve here, but here our life is sort of in line with what we say we believe. No, when we wander in one area, it's sort of our whole life starts wandering. You never wander away from God or wander away from a posture towards God in a one big dramatic moment. And when you look at this portion that James, that James writes here in chapter 5, this verse, we, you and I are prone, we want to look at it and we want to sort of evaluate it and dissect it and interpret it in a dramatic way. We almost think it's a dramatic moment that he's talking about here, but it's not what he's doing because every person who has wandered has started wandering subtly. The wandering that you, the, 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 the coldness you feel right now started long time ago. Your sudden, see, 
no sin. No sin is, is an isolated event. I've spent time with people sometimes, and especially if somebody has fallen into adultery, and they, morning, morning, I just didn't see this coming. Morning, this is, I don't know how I got here. It's just so sudden. You know, I, I, I didn't mean to. You see, my brother, my sister, it started long time ago. We start, start wondering slowly but surely, thinking it's not that bad. We will always just make a comeback. It will, we, we will always have, a, there's always a second chance. You know, it, it's now time for my family. I'll one day go back. And it started slowly, slowly but surely. It started, in, the, started in, in this mundane way with subtle lies that we started believing about the enemy. Self-serving little arguments and justifying ourselves and the subtle wondering until in one moment we cross that threshold and, 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 and everything changes for us. Fall into a sin that might be life-changing. And this wandering grows and grows until shockingly that person has turned his back on the only one person that he's always put his hope in. And the only one that can give him hope in the word. That is the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't just start uh, dramatically. It starts with a subtle little wanderings. And some of you watching and listening are wandering from the truth in your marriage. How are you making it work for the sake of the family? But if somebody were to look into your marriage, they would say, this is not a portrait of a godly marriage. You're sort of doing it in your own strength, just keeping it barely together. But actually your thoughts are going somewhere else. You're committing adultery in your mind and, and you're just not faithful to each other anymore. Some have been wandering away from, from, from God into a cold, distant relationship with God. We're reading the scriptures by praying, by spending time with God is just not that important anymore. Spending time with other followers, people in, the, in your church that you belong to, uh, yeah, it's optional. You know, I've got my things that I need to do on a Sunday now. The passion is gone. What drives your life is something else now. Other activities when I should be gathering with the people of God. Some have wandered away in envy. You look at other people's life and you bring God into the courtroom of your own judgment and you judge Him as being an unloving God because if He was a loving God, He would give you what He gives them. You, you sort of, you, 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 you're judging God as being partial. You, you judge Him as being unloving to you, as being partial and prejudiced towards you. Some, some's heart has wandered away from the local church. You still watch church, whatever that means. But unfortunately, the, the, the Sunday variant of COVID-19 is, is, is now a reality. This thing of this... Some's heart has wandered away from the local church. You're still watching church... But whatever that means, but actually church is not central of central to, to your engagement to others. You you once tithe because where your heart goes, your money goes, and now tithing is optional because the needs and the challenges of my family, even if it's an emergency, is now more important than the command that God's called us to put him first and uh, and seek you first the kingdom of God and we've gone into all sorts of disillusionments and believing that actually the church doesn't need my money because there's less activity and 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 so we've wandered from this the importance of local church and our walk with God 
engaging engaging other believers try trying as the our and our best effort trying our best to to engage in community to meet in small numbers is not so important anymore because we're slowly but surely wandering wandering into this lonely isolated lives some of us have wandered away in our thoughts Due to partly too much Netflix and social media that are now filling our minds and, and we, we spend hours and hours of, of, of just uh, putting our heads in these alternative media that are definitely not pushing us towards God. We, 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 our thoughts are wandering uh, into porn, lust and unbelief. Some of us have wandered in, in, into questioning God's love for us, His faithfulness towards us, His grace towards us. Some of us have wandered into materialism uh, and we've got the debt to show for it because we want to live beyond our means because we envy others and we have to match the status that we think God has called us to and therefore we overextend ourselves. Some of us have wandered in, uh, into materialism because it's all about in this uncertain world we live in, all about securing our future. Not our secure eternal's future, but rather our physical, that which will burn away our, our physical future. There's a way in which all of us often wonder in ways we never thought we would do when we surrendered to Jesus. And what this passage is doing is this passage is calling us from our place, our places of comfort where we wandered away from the truth and, 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 is, and is calling us back. Where have you wandered? Just think, just take a few seconds. Where have you wandered? And there's a warning in this passage. If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death, will cover a multitude of sins. It's, call, it's a call to action to all of us. It's a call to, to loving and to a loving and to loving and restore restorative relationships with one another. It's an amazing thing that the, that the bringing back of a person, not just a sign, it's not just a sign to pastors or elders and leaders like me, but it's actually a sign to everybody in this. This, this restorative rescue mission that James is calling us to is a calling to every person in the church you belong to, Gospel Central Church. You are the rescuers that God has placed in His church. You are the ones God is calling here. Gospel Central Church must not just be a place where you can find ministry, where you sort of can be fed. It must be this, or it must also be this organic ministering community. You've often heard us in the last few years speak about, or the many years, speaking about the fact that everybody is called to, to discipleship. And that's why we, we try to stay away from the word counseling because that sort of places certain people's people in a, in a box and though the counselors and I'm not a counselor, I'm this. No, we are all called to disciple. The counseling is discipleship. We are all called to help one another. We are all called to minister, to disciple one another, to counsel one another towards Christ. We're not called to just rock up at a gathering and be ministered to to be fed. We should not 
Just live for your own spiritual well-being. I've heard people say to me, now I'm not fed, I'm going to leave that church, or I'm leaving Gospel Central Church, I'm just not fed yet anymore. What an unbiblical comment. Accept moral responsibility. We, as followers of Jesus, need to accept moral responsibility for the well-being of the people God has placed in our lives. And He sovereignly, sovereignly has placed people amongst one another, with one another, in the life, in one, in one another's space for a reason. And what we need to say is, I am part of what God is doing on earth. I am part of the system of His of His rescue plan. I am an instrument of His restoration. I must live that way. That's what I believe James is calling us to in this passage. We must stop living in a term, internally casual relationship where we never go beyond the nice talk that never grow deep um, because we never break through the casual. And so often we just stay with the casual because we're so scared to, we, we think God has called us to be peacekeepers. God's not called you to be a peacekeeper. He's called you to be a peacemaker. And peace does not mean we sometimes need to speak the truth. It's not the opposite of truth. It's not the opposite of having uncomfortable conversations. Harmony. God has not called you to harmony as an opposite to speaking the truth and love to one another. It's not wise to bear your soul to everyone. Yes, that we can completely agree with. But it's dangerous to not understand the mission and calling of the body of Christ. That we have to be accountable to one another. And we have to engage what we at Gospel Central Church call DNA groups. Find ourselves in small groups, men with men, women with women. So that we can go beyond the casual and speak into one another's lives. Help one another, love one another, show the grace of God to one another. Someone like, and someone like me is not called to shoulder all of the ministry that is necessary. Oh yes, I have my responsibility and yes, I do minister. And yes, I do love and I do counsel and I do speak. But my main purpose is, is, is equipping the rescuers to be part of God's work of rescue. So may we at Gospel Central Church, when we hear there's equipping opportunities, equipping moments, will we prioritize that? Will we say, well, it's not, it's not just an option, but it's actually critical so that I can equip myself, so that I can be an effective rescuer. I've never met somebody, somebody, from the, uh, somebody that, that becomes a lifeguard that he's never trained to how to do it. He just rocks up at the beach or the swimming pool and he says, I'm going to rescue people. I don't really know how to swim. And then, and he, and, and then when, when the sin, first person drowns, he says, can't help him because he's drowning. Uh, but uh, you know what? I need to learn to swim. So next week, there's an opportunity to learn to swim. Now, you know what? I don't have the time. I'm just come a bit, a bit difficult for me. You know, I've got a busy life. Can't learn to swim. Next day comes. Another person falls. Another person busy drowning. Now, can't help because I can't swim. And we live our lives like this. We never allow ourselves, position ourselves, take responsibility to equip ourselves so that we can learn to swim. So that when somebody is drowning, we can help them and rescue them from their own sin. Our calling is, my calling is to equip 
And people like me, the leaders that are called to equip you for works of ministry. Do you love your brothers and sisters enough to be part of the rescue team? I often speak to people who, who, whose life is at that moment uh, in the realm of emergency, of the dramatic, of the complicated. But once upon a time, their lives were not like that. It was only a little moment of wondering. Rescue could have been provided by, by any serious member of the body of Christ, any serious member of Gospel Central Church. But what I've picked up so often, all over the world, is quickly when something goes wrong and somebody has not been ministered to and somebody has not been cared for, the first fingers point and say, the pastor didn't run quickly enough. The pastor didn't, I can't believe the pastors didn't do anything. No, we are called to this. This is a, this thing, this, this moment, this crisis, this person experience, experiencing right now, this thing grew and grew, uh, grew and grew to a level of drama. Do you have a consumer's relationship or a rescuer's Rescuers relationship to the body of Christ. All of us are in need of help. All of us are called to be helpers. Do you work to have a relationship beyond the casual or so you can know the struggles of people? Or is it like, let me stay in my space because then I don't have to be kept or keep, I don't have to be responsible for the things that happen in their lives. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Because I know one thing. If you made in the image of God, you made, you made with a desire to help. That I'm 100% sure of. One thing you also don't like. You actually, if you made in the image of God, you don't like to just be an observer. You love to get in your hands dirty. That's actually our natural posture. We've unfortunately learned the opposite. We love to be in the game. And you and I can be part of this rescue team. That, that pray for people in need, to pray for them wisely, that can learn how to ask them good questions, that can engage into the messiness of life and then not quite knowing what to do and then, then say, well, I'm going to equip myself and I'm going to learn to swim, be swim better. You can, be you can be part of this calling back that, that, that needs to happen all the time. Verse 20. You can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. That's verse 20 of James 5. James is now reminding us of how high the stakes are. He's saying that it's a, it's a matter of life and death. Do you, know, do you know why sin doesn't scare us? Do you know why we wander away? I believe this is the key. Because we tell ourselves it's something less than life or death. We tell ourselves it's not such a big thing. We tell ourselves it won't hurt us. We tell ourselves I can handle it. You know, if I don't, if I don't engage in local church, if I don't gather with others, you know, one day when everything is normal, I can get back to it two years, three years from now. It's not such a big deal. I'm not fighting for it. I'm sort of just allowing the status quo to, to roll like a wave over me. 
I tell myself, it's just this once. I tell myself, it, 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 we didn't really mean it. We tell ourselves, it doesn't really matter that the church must gather. It doesn't really matter this whole love one another thing. You know, I'm watching a nice sermon and I can choose my own worship. Isn't that nice? We, 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 didn't, we didn't really mean it. It's not really, it's not really us. It was really caused by somebody else. The fact that I'm wondering is, yeah, you know what? It's, it, that's what made me wonder. It's COVID's fault that I'm wondering. I don't know if some of you would know that last year, November, I think it's November, I went down to Cape Town and it was a 412 leadership time. And, and this a few months ago, two, three months ago, we also went down to Cape Town. It was again a leadership time. And you know what was my personal priority to go? And when I remember when I went to November, uh, I arrived there and I was spending time with, with, with some of the leaders. And uh, I said to Andrew, I said, Andrew, I don't know if I'm primarily here to learn new leadership things, to get more information, to even be equipped. Andrew, I feel like I'm here. I'm so scared that I've wondered in the last what was it then? 11 months that I've wondered because I've lived this isolated, much more isolated than before because of COVID sitting in my office more. I am so scared that I've wondered and nobody has seen that because they don't see me as often as they used to. And so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what's been happening the last 11 months and I want you to hear and discern my heart. And I did the same with Kim Miller, one of my friends, you would know him as well. And, and I just poured out my heart and I just talked and talked like, you know, many of you know, I can do, but I said, I just want you guys to make sure I want to, I want to walk amongst the people. I want to talk and I, and I don't want to walk away with information. I am just wondering if I've wondered. So I want to know and engage myself to leaders or, or open myself to leaders so that they can tell me if I've wondered. When you wander away, you're wandering towards something. You're wandering towards something that's dangerous, that's destructive, that's life unaltering. It's called death. Your life is either moving in a, in a life direction, in other words, moving in obedience, moving towards some greater submission, and, uh, to moving towards hope, towards the call of God, or your life is moving in a death direction, where you're beginning to step away from those commitments we, you once had. Proverbs 16 verse 25. And this is a hectically scary scripture. It says this. It says there's a path before each person that seems right. But it ends in death. I think that's so clear. The enemy is saying to you and I. It says it's not that so dangerous. It's not so bad. There's life. There's life there. Where are you going? There's life. And he calls death life. It's what he did to Adam and Eve. In the garden, he pointed, he pointed towards death and he said to Adam and Eve, that's life. When you can sit on your own throne and you take God from the throne, you can be God. You can be on the throne. That's life. Imagine life. Imagine what you can have. What you can have if you don't have to submit to anyone. Imagine what you can have if you can have greater freedom. Imagine what you can have when, when you, can, you, can, you can get rid of the shackles of, of religion, of, of, of following Jesus, and you can just do what you want, and you can decide what's right. How amazing that would be. That's what the enemy wants, to, wants you to believe, because the stakes are high. That's why this warning is so important. When you bring someone back, you are bringing them back to the Messiah, the, the rescuer, who has awesome power to rescue, to forgive, to restore, to heal those that have been wandering away from the faith. 
in, in whatever way. If you believe His grace is sufficient, grace is enabling power. Grace is not covering sin, but it is enabling power to, to, to allow us to change. If you believe in this grace, how can you not be, how can you be inactive? We should be God's rescuers, I believe. Because we know the heart is prone to wonder. And you know what I want to do? I want to look back and if, if, if I live to 80, let's say I live to 80 and I look back and I have only once brought somebody back from death. Only one person have turned away from that, from that edge, where, where they, that cliff where they were stepping into eternal death separation from God and I have been used as an instrument to bring them where, back from death to life because I placed myself in that uncomfortable spot and God says well done my faithful servant you only rescued one I would look at my life and I'd say life worth living because it's that important and I have to say just so that you know that I have not lived a big part of my life like this I have not always seen the urgency of this I've not always I've not always, sometimes people have walked away and I thought I could do nothing more. And sometimes I'm wondering, should I have not gone back once more and once more and so once more? Because I find myself sometimes wanting to give up much quicker than what God would give up. Because God never gave up on me. God's not giving up on you. This, the, the, today's message is not about God's giving up. This is not, it's not too late. That's why you're listening to this. It's not too late. That's why, you, why you're watching this. It's not too late. Today is the day. God's grace in and through you. Father, I want to I I pray for us. Can I pray for us? As God, to us, we allow the weightiness of His Word to sort of wash over us. Father, thank You for Your grace. Thank You. You've given us the ability. You've give, you, you are, you can, you're working in and through us. Your grace is available to us. To be a rescuer. Your grace is available to us to say no to ungodliness. Because of the complete work on the cross, we can go to you in times of helplessness and say, help us, rescue us, give us the ability to do this. Because you have you have, uh, have been tempted in all these ways, so you know, in, you in, indeed knows what it must be like for us. You are a gracious, powerful, amazing Father. So we reach out to you. We confess our sins of, of inaction, of having wrong, wandering away from the thoughts we once had, wandering away from the belief we once had, the commitment we once have, had. We repent. Place our faith in you. Help us, Jesus, so that we can help others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining uh, me for this uh, few moments with you. I trust that God's grace will minister to you, will fill you. And uh, looking forward to spend the next few weeks as we engage uh, a new series, a video series called Escaping Babylon. And uh, I think it's going to be life-changing. Um, maybe phone somebody, maybe go before, turn to somebody that's close to you, that's sitting in the same room and maybe just confess this uh, before God, if God indeed has spoken to you, repent of your sin turn towards Him and allow Him to minister to you. God bless and have a super day.
thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions or would like to connect, email us at connect at gospelcentral.church or visit our website, gospelcentral.church. God bless.